The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Welcome, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto, your host for Born to be Breastfed. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Carrie Andrews, who is Monroe County legislator since 19, uh, excuse me, (laughs) making her older than she is, uh, since 2005. She is the minority leader there, and she's demonstrated what I consider to be a very strong commitment to advocating for the interests of neighborhoods and communities, and has been especially active in advocating for women and children. Carrie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Marie. It's really an honor to be with you. Well, as I, I think we've got a couple of things in common. First of all, it seems like we've both been advocates for breastfeeding. And as you may or may not know, I've had a long history of being in the Rochester, New York neighborhood. I'm currently located just outside of Washington, D.C. But I do keep pretty close tabs on what's going on in Rochester. I do hold a New York State license as a nurse. And I'm always interested in what's going on. So I found out, actually, I think it was um, maybe a week or 10 days ago or so, that you were not only on the TV, but in the local newspaper about this proposal that you're trying to pass uh, about breastfeeding. And so as we move to that, Carrie, could you help us to understand, please, what does the New York state law currently require for employers in either the public or the private sector in terms of what they need to provide in the workplace for breastfeeding women? How does, what's the requirement? Sure. And first, I'd just love to, I'd love to hear you say that you're familiar with Rochester and have roots here. It's certainly a great town and city, and we encourage folks to come and visit anytime. Um, and, and by the way, I spend every day of my life realizing that I'm one step closer to coming back. Oh, great. Well, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> it is a lovely community. Um, well, in, in Rochester and in New York State, um, we do have several laws that, that give women some rights um, for breastfeeding. Um, one that's been on the books for a long time is just the right to breastfeed wherever a woman feels comfortable and wants to, whether that's in public or private. She does have that right. Um, but the one that's specific to breastfeeding and lactation um, in the employment arena is a regulation we have in the Department of Labor that uh, allows women to, when they come back to work um, after having a child, they can request uh, unpaid breaks 
um, for lactation purposes for up to three years upon returning to work. And they can also ask their employer for a private space um, be, be provided to them so that they don't have to use a bathroom or go out to their car or some other place like that. Um, they, have to ask the, they can ask the employer for a spot, uh, just a room that's private to be used, and the employer has to make uh, a reasonable effort to provide that accommodation. Carrie, what would you characterize as a reasonable accommodation? <clears throat> well, um, they essentially just, the employer, if it's physically impossible to provide a private space, you know, if the nothing allow, it, it could be fine, found in the woman's um, place of work, then I guess the employer wouldn't have to do so. Um, there's okay. not a real definition, but there's just, they're supposed to make an effort to provide that sure. space when asked. Tell us what your proposal actually says. Well, our proposal would take this a step further, and our proposal would only apply in Monroe County, uh, and actually only in county-owned and leased buildings within our county here. So it's not applicable across New York State. It's just here. Um, and what it would do is that rather than putting the burden on the woman who's returning to work to, to ask her supervisor for a space or to ask her supervisor for um, the unpaid break, it, it turns it a little bit. And instead it says, no, Monroe County as the employer is going to take the initiative and provide a designated space for breastfeeding and for pumping for women when they return to work, if they're a county employee or just if they're a member of the public who happens to be visiting one of our buildings to, you know, pay their taxes or um, apply for social service benefits or whatever it would be, or they're just walking on the street and they've just had a child and they need a private space to breastfeed. So we would um, have spaces available for women to do that. Carrie, let me understand then. It sounds like the proposed legislation is not different from the New York State. I mean, obviously it couldn't be. And it sounds like it doesn't necessarily augment that, but rather it puts the onus of responsibility onto the employer to make the offer. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, we're trying to really say, well, if we all recognize that breastfeeding is so helpful uh, for the health of the, of the woman as well as for children, then let's knock down a few hurdles here that women face right. when they return to work, and let's facilitate this. So rather than saying to the woman, it's your responsibility to ask for a space. Um, and to talk to your employer, and then they have to shuffle out a closet or, you know, find a place that works for you. We're saying, no, let's not do it that way. Let's promote breastfeeding as a public health issue. Let's increase awareness in our community, and let's make it as easy as possible for women um, to breastfeed or lactate or pump if they want to. Um, and so we'll just have these designated rooms available um, that are clean and private, um, have a flat space, an electrical outlet, just everything a woman needs um, for pumping and for breastfeeding, available so that they don't have to search out a space um, or ask for one, but instead it would be provided. So again, the, the emphasis that I'm hearing you say here is about taking the initiative, that the initiative comes from the county, in this case the employer, rather than her, the woman herself having to be her own best advocate. That's absolutely correct, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So your proposal was considered at the legislature's agenda or charter committee on June 25th. Uh, what happened with that? Well, the proposal was debated there briefly, and ultimately uh, that committee is a 
small subsect of, of our county legislature. And so the five members on that committee voted to refer uh, the proposal to the county administration for its study and further research. And so it wasn't defeated and it wasn't passed. Instead, it, they took this middle step. Um, and the county administration is supposed to spend hopefully not too long a period of time, but a few months doing some research to figure out um, which buildings it would apply to, how much it could cost, um, if it's feasible, you know, what sort of demand there has been from women or could be from women um, to use a room like this. Carrie, this would be a wonderful opportunity for me to ask you, what got you into this? Did you hear women asking for this? Was it something that seemed like it was just always in your ear and people were calling you saying, Ms. Andrews, help. We, we need some help here. How, do, how did that go down? Well, it's, it's actually a case where, um, like happens a lot of times with areas of law, um, a group of advocates came to me and, and started talking to me about this idea, and, and one of them specifically had traveled abroad. Uh, I believe he had been in, in Quebec or Montreal and said, you know, I was walking around the city and I was on vacation, and some of the government buildings we were going in and out of had the international symbol for breastfeeding on the door, and which <laughs> which was a sign for anyone passing by that if they needed to pump or wanted a private space to breastfeed, there was a room available for them. And so he said to me, is this something you think that Monroe County could do? And I also met with um, a couple of women who work as lactation consultants, and they started talking and sharing with me um, how important it is for women, if they want to continue to breastfeeding, to have their employers make that as easy for them to do as possible. And so we just we kicked around some ideas that might work in our community here and decided to move forward with um, introducing this piece of legislation. I just can't resist saying that New York State has been a proponent of breastfeeding for seemingly forever. They've always been on the forefront. I know, for example, that the um, the first Surgeon General's uh, conference on breastfeeding was held in Rochester, New York. As I recall, I think it was out at the Holiday Inn, you know, the one over there by the airport. Mm -hmm. And that was in 1984. And certainly we've come a long, long way. That's all right. If my math serves me well, that's 30 years. And and at that time, C. Everett Coop, who was the Surgeon General at the time, said, and I remember these words exactly, he said, we must begin to identify and reduce the barriers that keep women from initiating or continuing breastfeeding. And I do not have that quote immediately underneath my eyeballs, but I'm pretty sure that I've quoted that verbatim or nearly verbatim. And essentially what you're seeing here is that we still have barriers. They may be different barriers or barriers that are perceived in a different way, but those barriers still exist. And so it seems like there's some work to be done here. Yeah, I, mean, I think your synopsis is very accurate, um, and New York is a fairly progressive state in a lot of areas um, and does have a history of promoting uh, good issues, for, you know, as public health issues and um, and looking towards the future and not, and not being regressive, which is great. Uh, but we certainly, there's always work to be done. And when I was, you know, meeting with a lot of women about this topic and hearing from advocates and proponents of it, they just repeated over and over again that so many women cite 
when asked why, you know, if you started breastfeeding when you left the hospital um, after having your child, what changed or why did you stop? And the number one reason cited was, well, I went back to work um, and it was difficult to continue. And so we saw this as an opportunity to certainly we can't knock down all of the hurdles um, that confront women yes. when they need to figure out the best best way to keep breastfeeding. But let's let's take one that we do have some control over and say, okay, let's get rid of this. Let's just make it easier for women so they're not stuck in a position where having they have to ask a supervisor or they're not sure what their rights are under the law um, or the law is out there but it's not promoted internally and their employer doesn't really tell them that they have such rights to ask. So we thought this would be, you know, another another yes. step in the right direction. Carrie, I have to tell you, I have never met you, but I like you already because <laughs> you have acknowledged that it's not just as simple as just putting in a lactation lounge and saying, oh, okay, so now women are going to breastfeed from here to kingdom come and everything is just going to be hunky-dory when they go to back, back to work because it's really much more complicated than that. I do agree with you, both in terms of what I've heard from women themselves as well as what is published in the research literature, that the ability ability to have a place is certainly one of the barriers, but it's by no means the only barrier when the woman is going back to work. Some of them, of course, are obvious and others of them are subtle, but it's not as though it's just a little one fix kind of a thing. I think what you've done, however, is to identify that this is something that you as a legislator can take on, as well as just ordinary people like me who might be willing to support you in those efforts, because this should really not be a great, big, super duper monumental thing. So I really commend you for recognizing that although it's not, this is not Single, a single factor. It's multifactorial, but there absolutely is some part of the solution here. Now, everyone, don't go away. I am here with legislator Carrie Andrews from Rochester, New York, inside of Monroe County. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 50 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S., 
67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcasts each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton-washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. Buy N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your New Angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto, your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Representative Carrie Andrews from Rochester, New York, inside of Monroe County. And uh, I would also like to tell you before we move on today, I'd just like to encourage you to visit uh, the folks at New Angel. That's N-U-A-N-G-E-L. Remember that here is a great source for many things that I know that you will value. Things like all cotton products, all cotton diapers. Uh want to let you know that I'm currently at my mother's house. And so actually, I have a pillow here that I just got through using last night from New Angel. I'm not saying this because uh, I, I actually barely know the woman who uh, does the... Um, the New Angel products, but I can tell you that that is a great pillow. We even used it for my mother when she was very elderly, so it's not just for pregnant people. So uh, if you are interested in Made in the USA, 100% cotton, and moms designing things for other moms, take a look at the folks at New Angel. And also, I'd like to remind you about Pump and Pal. This is your source for a very unique kind of flange. Now, you know, if you've ever come to my comprehensive course, you know that I'm big into getting flanges to fit and to work well and to feel good. And one of the things that I would just like to say here is you would want an excellent optimal latch for your baby. Well, then you would want your flange to be excellent, optimal, and fit well also. So again, 
just take a look. They offer a 100% guarantee. If you're not happy with a product, it goes back. No questions asked. Just take a look. Carrie, before the break, basically what I was trying to do was to establish a little background about the current New York State law and your proposal through the county legislature. What I'd like to do now is to talk a little bit about the impact of the New York State law in terms of both the employer's perspective and the employee's perspective. I have never owned a business in New York State, but certainly my father did. I currently own my own business in Virginia, and I've certainly been an employee in New York, in, in Rochester, in, in New York, that's for sure. So um, help us to, to think a little bit about uh, the county and its responsibility to breastfeeding employees. How does the New York state law affect the employee? Well, the, the current New York state law um, simply allows the employee, when she returns to work, to ask her employer for the unpaid breaks for lactation purposes uh, a couple times a day and to ask for a, a private space, um, something be designated so that she doesn't have to use the bathroom um, for pumping or for breastfeeding. So Carrie, what, uh, when you say ask, does that mean that she can ask and he can refuse? Well, the law requires that the employer make, quote, a reasonable effort to provide a private room or another okay, location. Okay, we're back to that. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's not, um, it's not an absolute required um, entitlement, certainly, if the employer has, an, I guess, a reason why um, space can't be provided, then they're off the hook. Um, I would mention that the law doesn't really have an enforcement mechanism, so it's, it's a Department of Labor regulation, and it's out there, and employers are supposed to provide notice to the employees of their right to, to ask for this, but if they don't, um, it's not like they can be sued or there's, you know, some sort of law that they've violated. It's, there's no enforcement mechanism on that state regulation. Yeah, you know, boy, I can tell you that when there's no enforcement to something, whether it's this or anything else, you know, marching in the high school band, whatever it is, <laughs> if if there is no consequence for not having your shoes polished or not offering your employees this, that's kind of tough. So I guess the question that I would ask, and I don't know if you would have the remotest idea about this, but do you have any mechanism for keeping track of the women who complain that there was not a space or that the space was not uh, clean or acceptable or whatever? I, I don't at this point. We don't. Um, and certainly as, as a legislator, you know, those requests, wouldn't come to me when people come back to work. So I'm not aware of that. Oh, right. Okay. Um, just more anecdotally from women we've spoken to since this uh, proposal was introduced to have said that, you know, they were unclear what their rights were or, um, you know, they didn't feel like they got told what, the, what their rights were. Um, I've heard stories, but I don't have any specific data, unfortunately, from the county. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's really not your role. I just wasn't aware, uh, wondering if you had any... Uh, insight into that. You mentioned that women are not always aware of their rights, and I would concur with that. I have taught in 40 out of the 50 states to professionals, okay? And I am sometimes just astonished at the fact that they really don't know how women get this information in the first place. And I'm like, well, guess what, honeys? You're the ones that should be advising them of what their rights are in your state. So where do you think 
How do you think that we, and I mean myself and others, how do we miss the boat with not helping women to get that information early on? What should we be doing? Well, I, in, in going through this process and learning more about it, it does seem like um, women who are working with lactation consultants after having children are, are using them as a resource to find out what their rights are. I've been really impressed with that network and community here in Rochester um, in terms of telling women that, yes, when you go back to work, this is what you have a right to ask for. Um, flipping the tables a little bit, it, the law here at least does say that it's the burden is on the employer to notify women when they come back to work of what their rights are. So they should, in theory, get some sort of notice when they come back to work that says you, you can ask for a break and you can ask for a space. I know that um, when we were getting prepared to introduce this, for Monroe County at least, uh, we looked through the employee handbook and we looked through the county's intranet where the human resource policies are to see it, what was posted, and we couldn't find anything. So. Uh. It's clearly something that, you know, it may be available, but it is not being promoted, which kind of get back, gets back to the intent of this law is to further promote breastfeeding as a public health issue for our community. Um, but it's tough. I mean, I'm sure once you have a child and you're coming back to work, there's a thousand things that you have to figure out and, you know, focusing in on this. This piece yes. of it may not be at the top of the list, but... Well, one of the things I've found at being a nurse is that when I'm discharging the woman and getting her out the door, I hand her a bunch of stuff that I usually said, come on, you know, there's enough stuff here to fill a wheelbarrow. <laughs> what woman is going to be able to go home, take care of a tiny baby and read all this stuff that we gave her? And so really, it seems like it might be... I, I don't know if it would be useful. I'm just speculating. But it seems like maybe this information needs to be in doctor's offices, either prenatally or at the six weeks visit or some such thing. And it just occurred to me that I will be giving a comprehensive lactation course for anyone who wants to become a lactation consultant uh, in New York State, actually in two separate locations in New York State. Uh, in the fall. The one in Rochester, New York is September 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. It does have an optional fifth day as well. And I guess what I'm wondering is maybe I'll give all of these people a little exercise to ask them what what they do to help women to become aware of these rights. Because honestly, most of us can't advocate for ourselves unless we actually know what we need to be advocating for. So, So Carrie, on the employer side, let me ask you this. If I were running a retail store, say, in, in Rochester, New York, now, course, you know, in my day, it was Sibley's or McCurdy's or something. It's it's not that anymore. Oh, dear, I'm showing my age here. (laughs) But anyway, uh, what would I need to do in order to be compliant with the law? And by that, I mean, is it if you have so many employees? And is is there some some caveat to this? Actually, the law in New York um, doesn't specify that it's only a requirement for an employer of a certain size, unlike a lot of laws that we're familiar with. So this one says all private and public employers in New York, regardless of size or industry. So that's pretty comprehensive. Um, And what the employers really need to know is that when a woman comes back from maternity leave, uh, they need to give her written notification of her right to ask for unpaid breaks. And they can either provide that in written notice or post it um, on the for the human resources policies of the company's um, intranet or in the handbook. 
but somehow they need to affirmatively inform um, the woman returning to work that she has these rights. Carrie, this is really helpful for me because I've been in situations where it's own, the law only applies if you have, let's say, 50 employees or more or some such thing mm-hmm. like that. But it sounds like, really, that's not the case. And so every woman with every employer, it sounds to me like she really has this right. Yes, that's certainly my reading of this regulation. I mean, it's very okay. comprehensive. Yeah. Wow. Well, let me move from discussing employers and employees to discussing visitors. Now, I'm thinking if I hop off the expressway there at 490 and in front of me is Monroe Avenue and there's a public library there, if I'm a mother who's lactating, um, I'm not an employer, I'm not an employee, would the county be required to have a place for me to feed my baby or pump my milk? No, certainly not currently. Um, the the okay. law about asking for breaks and space only applies to employees. Um, as a woman in New York, you're entitled to um, breastfeed anywhere you choose to, but there's no requirement that you be provided with a space as a visitor. Okay. All right. So that is truly a separate category. Yep. Yep. So yes. The proposal that I've introduced, though, does does specify that these rooms should be available to the general public. So we're not trying to limit it just to county employees. Um, but that's not currently at all covered by New York state law. Okay, that's huge, Carrie, what you just said. In my mind, that's huge. It's not just about employers. It's not just about employees. It is people who go into those buildings. And boy, kudos to you, woman, because that seems to me like that just makes <laughs> just makes a lot of sense, you know? And uh, so that's really, really good. Uh, I just want to say maybe one more thing, and I think I've forgotten what it is. Oh, shoot, we're going to break anyway. All right, everybody, don't go away. I am here with my guest today, Legislator Carrie Andrews from Monroe County. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Do you or someone you love struggle with Alzheimer's disease or some other disorder? Many times, there is not an adequate support forum where you can learn from and discuss topics from top guest experts. Tune in to NeuroMatters, The Brink of Alzheimer's with Dr. Sam Brinkman. Although thought of as a disease that affects only older individuals, increasingly, symptoms are being found in people who are in their 40s and 50s. Get the answers. NeuroMatters airs live Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding moms rely on the use of a breast pump for those times they are away from their little one. The most important aspect of pumping is having the correct flange. That's the part that comes in contact with mom. Only Pump & Pal offers a pump flange engineered to be more comfortable and more effective. That means more milk in less time. This revolutionary design can also reduce a mom's chance of getting plugged ducts, mastitis, or even tissue damage. Get a complete set of all sizes of Super Shield flanges and other pumping accessories at pumpandpal.com.
You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed. Thank you for joining us today. I'm here today with legislator Carrie Andrews from Monroe County. And speaking of Monroe County, I just want to help you to realize that I will be giving a comprehensive course that is a LEARC-approved 90-credit course that will be offered right down the street from where Carrie is, actually. I will be in Rochester, New York on September 22nd through the 25th. Registration for that program is available now. You may register at www.breastfeedingoutlook.com. Feel free to call the office at 703-787- 9894. I will repeat the telephone number for you. It's 703-787-9894. Please be advised that we currently have a discount on the program. It is a very limited time offer. You can get an early bird deadline and you can also get on the payment plan if choking up the full shot is just a little bit much for you. If you want the payment plan, you can't be you can't do it on the web. You have to actually call us. But we will be happy to help you with that. Kind of spread out those payments. We do it uh, custom so that it's a little bit easier for you to handle. So, Carrie, help me with this. Uh, when I read the DNC, the um, the the Rochester newspaper, it clearly said Democrats, and I think that the the heading was something like Dems want breastfeeding room or some such thing. Um, I, I, you're a Democrat, but where do other Democrat legislators stand on this? Um, this proposal, yes, it was. I'm a Democrat, and um, I'm the primary sponsor of it. But it was co-sponsored by the rest of the members of my caucus. So all of Got the it. Democratic caucus members have signed on and support the bill. And in your perception knowing that you are not a Republican, but in your perception, where do the Republicans stand on the legislation that you are proposing? Do you have a read on that? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I'm optimistic, as always, that um, we'll, I'll get bipartisan support for it. Uh, initially, I didn't feel like there was a lot of support from the Republican side of the aisle, but actually the day that this proposal was discussed in the committee meeting last month, um, the four out of the five Republican women um, who are legislators uh, sent a letter of support to the committee chair mm-hmm. indicating that they liked the idea and they had a few questions that they wanted the administration to take a look at, um, but okay. overall they were supportive of the concept. Very good. I noticed that you qualified that, Carrie, with the women legislators. Yes. It was very clear the letter did come from the, le- the, f- the women on the Republican side of the aisle. Um, their leadership and the other legislators did not sign on, but um, in the committee meeting, to be fair to them, uh, they did give a couple supportive comments. So I'm hopeful that once we can work out some of the logistics, then this will have full support from the men on the other side of the aisle as well. The Democratic men have been supportive. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. And I certainly understand. I'm a small business owner. I don't like to just jump into anything, both feet, until I sort of understand what the logistics are going to be. Is this feasible? What is it going to cost? Blah, 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 blah. But uh, I think that it sounds like you're moving in the right direction. Now, certainly... I doubt that there could be anyone in Rochester or Monroe County or anywhere else on the planet, for that matter, who would dispute the benefits of breastfeeding to the mother or or the child. Now, these so-called benefits, which, by the way, I think that's kind of a silly term. I think it's really that there are the risks of formula. I think that we look at it in the wrong direction. But anyway, these so-called benefits of of breastfeeding have been well established in the scientific literature for decades. Uh, We have had many public health authorities confirm this. I'm thinking, for example, of the World Health Organization, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the Centers for Disease Control, the United States Breastfeeding Committee. Of course, I mentioned the U.S. Breastfeeding Committee because I was a founding member of that organization. But I think that's pretty well undisputed at, at this point. The benefits of breastfeeding are well established for individuals individuals. But there are benefits for society as well. It always seems to me like we kind of talk about, you know, sustainable food sources, going green, uh, leaving your uh, carbon print and all of that. That's all well and fine. But there's, there's also more immediate benefits to breastfeeding in society for the woman who is combining breastfeeding with employment. Now, the two that come to my mind right off the bat would be increased productivity for the woman who can comfortably take a break. And that means not only be in a comfortable surrounding, but actually be able to uh, empty her breasts. I frequently will say to people, well, you know, how do you think you would feel if you had to spend the next however many minutes or hours doing your job with your bladder full. I mean, it's just just very distracting. And so that, that increased productivity, I really see as one of the great benefits for society. But secondly, the fact that breastfeeding has been proven over and over and over to result in healthier children, fewer visits to the doctor, et cetera, et cetera, all of which really comes down to cost containment for, for healthcare dollars. It seems to me we're all kind of focused on that these days. But I'm guessing that there are probably... Uh, some objections or opposition to your proposed legislation. Can you outline for us maybe three things that you think would be either real or perceived obstacles or something that might make it difficult for you to pass your proposed legislation? Sure. I mean, the first thing just to comes to mind is sometimes in politics there are just political reasons why things don't get passed. So setting those aside and hopefully they won't be any sort of rationale for defeating the legislation. Um, the, the concerns that are being reviewed now over the next couple of months by the administration, um, which hopefully won't be objections, but are issues I think um, need to be addressed or that people could, have, could be concerned about. First, sure. I would just say is um, the issue of space. Um, space is you know, not infinite, so we need to make sure we have appropriate space that can be set aside in each of our buildings um, to be used for this purpose. Um, another issue that has been brought up is the cost of providing the rooms. And when we discussed this 
and we had some guest speakers come in from the public and talk to the committee, and um, they spoke also on behalf of some employers who said the cost is so minimal that this really should not be a rationale for defeating the legislation because we're really, we're not asking for fancy equipment or anything like that. It's really just very modest expense of providing the space and sanitary wipes and electrical outlet, things that the county would most likely have anyway. Anyway, yes. Um, and then the last issue, which I think is a little bit difficult to get to, to figure out what to do with, um, is I believe some people think that there's not a demand for these rooms. Um, and they have said in part, well, no one's, you know, who's called you and said that they haven't been able to provide us, you know, find a space. And what I said in the committee meeting was that, well, it's really hard to measure demand for something that doesn't exist yet. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, what we need to do is say that we know women will use the rooms, so we can't measure existing demand. I mean, we should look at things like how large is our workforce, how many women make up our workforce, or what percentage of women make up the workforce, how many right. visitors a year do we have into our buildings, um, right. and look at what could be the demand, not measure existing demand, because I'd really hate to see that um, be used as a rationale for, for defeating the legislation. Yeah, that reminds me of the school teacher who says, okay, everyone who isn't here, please raise his hand. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's really kind of a silly way to, to look at it. I think that when people become aware of such thing, or I guess the other uh, piece would be build it and they will come. Right, exactly. Or if we, and if we promote it, if we say this is something well, that we believe in and we're going to expend some resources and some time and tell our employees and tell the public, that, well, then once people know about it, I'm sure the rooms will be used. So, Carrie, hit that that cost thing for me, because that's usually, in my experience, the number one thing that always comes up is how much is it going to cost? Okay, I think that's a fair question. But do you have any idea how much it's going to cost? Well, we haven't asked for rooms to be remodeled or any sort of construction to, to be done. So what we're really looking at is the real estate cost of whatever a room would cost in any of our buildings, which if we own the buildings, there isn't any additional cost to us. Uh Um, And then we're just talking about putting in a comfortable chair, which, you know, we are a fairly large county, an employer of, you know, 3,000, 4,000 people. We have a lot of resources just in existence currently. So I I just have a, I just can't believe we couldn't find, you know, a few chairs floating around within our current supplies that could be used. And then, you know, a door that can lock from the inside. So I'm left with the impression that the cost is minimal. I mean, it's close to nothing. Um, one of the employers that did come in to speak said that, you know, she had to find, a, you know, a couple, a couple chairs to use and put in a clean desk space, you know, a flat surface, and, and the cost was very little. So I, I, I don't believe that there's any significant cost that needs to be um, dealt with. The county's annual budget is over a billion dollars. So, you know, if the cost were a few thousand dollars at tops, I'm sure we could find that somewhere in there. Okay, so the county's budget is how much, Carrie? over a billion dollars a year. Over a billion dollars a year. So what that says to me is that even if you have to buy a few chairs, even if you have to hire an electrician to uh, give you a few more outlets, it seems to me like what, and I'm, I'm no financial wizard here, but it seems to me like that would be a very, 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 very tiny fraction of the overall billion plus dollar budget for the year. Am I right? That's absolutely correct. I mean, I, I don't see any way that cost could be used as a legitimate rationale for defeating this. The costs yeah, are just so minimal. What I'm thinking is the payoff in the end of having uh, 
women lose less time from being at, at home having to take care of a sick kid, and we know that kids get sicker when they are formula fed, or having women who um, are, are not breastfeeding in some way, that, that that cost is just, there is no way that that, in my mind, that that could, uh, the cost could outweigh the uh, benefit, again, not being a financial wizard, but that just seems to make sense to me. Okay, everybody, don't go away. I am here today with Carrie Andrews. I'm Marie your Biancuso, your host for Born to be Breastfed. We'll be right back after this short break. How many times have you heard this? I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. You are what you eat. I've tried every diet. Diets don't work. It's time to stop this kind of madness and start thinking and feeling empowered to change your health. Tune in to The Raw Truth with Chef Sharon Fraser. Join us weekly for thought-provoking conversations with world-renowned experts in the food, medical, holistic, sports medicine, chiropractic, and naturopathic health sciences. The Raw Truth airs live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding moms rely on the use of a breast pump for those times they are away from their little one. The most important aspect of pumping is having the correct flange. That's the part that comes in contact with mom. Only Pump and Pal offers a pump flange engineered to be more comfortable and more effective. That means more milk in less time. This revolutionary design can also reduce a mom's chance of getting plugged ducts, mastitis, or even tissue damage. Get a complete set of all sizes of Super Shield flanges and other pumping accessories at pumpandpal.com. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with my guest, Carrie Andrews. 
And Carrie, we've been talking today about this legislation that you are proposing for Monroe County. You've talked a little bit about what the state requires, what the county is doing, what other measures you'd like to see done. And uh, that I think we've talked about some of the practicalities of, yeah, you know, if everybody votes for this, what kind of money is it going to take? What kind of space? uh, What kind of impact? So let me ask you this. You've worked long and hard to move this proposal along. What was your initial motivation? Well, really, it was um, the the people who brought the idea to me um, just convinced me that this was a great thing that we could do, that would be low cost, but a way that we could promote breastfeeding, which is something I certainly believe in. Um, And the, the Monroe County as an employer would see the benefits um, from having, as we were just discussing, lower medical costs, um, increased yes. productivity and morale among its workforce. What keeps your momentum up for working towards this? Because I'm sure this is not the only thing you're working on. What keeps up your momentum? Well, I see a light at the end of the tunnel on this one, and I, I truly <laughs> believe that um, having the support from the Republican women on the other side of the aisle is crucial. And so that leaves me very optimistic that this is actually doable for our county. Um, there are a lot of issues that come up where I, you know, I work hard and I think uh, we're not going to get this one done. But I don't see any reason here that this one can't be achieved and that we could really be a leader in New York State promoting um, breastfeeding Absolutely. in our community. Absolutely. You know, Carrie, I'm thinking to myself, how could anybody not be for this? This is like not being for motherhood and apple pie. <laughs> It, it just seems to me like you, you ought to be able to get this one done. You have a lot of work ahead of you, though. And our listeners will want to know uh, how things progress. Where can they get information? You're not going to make the front page of the Democrat and Chronicle every morning here. So, so how, how can everybody keep apprised of what's going on? Yeah, well, just to let folks know right now, um, the legislation is still pending. So one thing we really want to do is make sure that um, it doesn't just waste away, so to speak. So we need yes. to keep momentum up so that um, the legislature continues to look at this and the administration reports back to us certainly within the next few months on whether or not it's feasible. Um, to stay in touch with us, they can certainly on Facebook, um, they could search out Democratic Caucus of the Monroe County Legislature. And that would lead us to our Facebook page. No, that's kind of a mouthful. Um, and then to keep in touch with our office in the county, um, they could call me at 585-753-1940. Um, or Repeat go that to, number for them, please. Sure. 585-753-1940. And the county's website is MonroeCounty.gov. And that will also lead them to contact information for me. Very good. Very good. And, uh, Carrie, I'm thinking that uh, as a breastfeeding advocate, and, you know, I feel like my hands are a little bit tied because I don't live in Rochester these days, but uh, there are many people I know who do live in Rochester. I'm really hoping that they're listening. And my question would be, what can we do 
to help you? Can we have a letter campaign? Can we hold a nurse and rally? Can we show up at the county fair and have a booth that talks about that? I mean, what kinds of things could we do to help you to, first of all, raise awareness to the women themselves? Because I think if you got the grassroots going, I think that would be just fantastic. But as professionals, what can we do or organize or make noise about? What can we do to be a tangible help to you, not just clap our hands and say, good job, Carrie? You know, what, what can we do for hands-on help here? Well, that's a great question. We certainly do need help to make this happen. Um, I would encourage people who live locally to look up their county legislator, and they can do that at MonroeCounty.gov. Um, and they can find emails and phone numbers for their individual legislators. And if those folks happen to be Republicans, because that's who we need to get votes from, I would encourage them to call and ask uh, to get a commitment of support for this bill. Um, that's one thing they can do. They can also send letters um, to the county legislature at 39 West Main Street in Rochester um, to any of us and just indicate their support for the bill. Um, that's really what's going to keep this going. Um, Sometimes when we have what at least I believe are good ideas, um, they get to refer to the county administration and they linger there for years. And so that's the last thing that we want to see happen. So we really need to have um, the public support this initiative by contacting their legislator so that their legislators realize that this is something they need to vote for within the next few months. Carrie, I don't live in New York State, and many of the people who are listening don't live in New York State. Would it do any good for us to write a letter to 39 West Main Street? Sure. I mean, I think if, if the, um, yeah, it's always best to hear directly from constituents um, that legislators respond mostly to that. But if they realize that this is something that's on the radar of an audience larger than Monroe County, I think yeah. that could be very good pressure um, to be put on the legislature to pass it. And they realize, I mean, I've been trying to say that this is really something that we can promote to be a leader um, Absolutely. of supporting breastfeeding. Absolutely. And, and Carrie, speaking of the fact that I don't live in Monroe County right now, and truly, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I mean, I wake up every morning realizing I'm one, one step closer <laughs> to getting home, you know. But anyway, um, uh, I'm in and out of the airport quite frequently. Now, I'm well beyond uh, the age of childbearing and lactation. But tell me, will this legislation have any effect on the airport? And the reason that I ask is that I have a man and his wife coming on the radio in a couple of weeks that are going to talk about their difficulties getting through airports with no place to pump. Will your proposed legislation have any impact on the uh, Monroe County Airport? Well, that's a great question, and I would love to say the answer is definitively yes, um, but I have a feeling this is one of the questions that the county administration is reviewing. Um, uh-huh. Technically, it is, you know, it's a county airport. It's the Rochester, Rochester International Airport, and it's something that we do support. So I think there's a strong argument to be made that, yes, if this law passes, then the airport should be included. Um, if the administration were to determine that it's technically not a county building, um, you know, we'd have to have a conversation about that. But I'm hopeful that they're looking at it like I am and that, yes, that's, um, that's a county space. And so there should be a room there at the airport. Wow, I just wish I was 40 years younger and I could show up and be authentic in my <laughs> in my need for the room. It has been so much fun to chat with you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Carrie Andrews, legislator from Monroe County in New York State.
that's all the time that we have today. I would like to remind you, particularly if you're in the Rochester area, and if you want to know more about being a breastfeeding advocate or more about how to gain the credits that you need in order to become a lactation consultant, I will be in Rochester, New York, September 22nd through the 25th, teaching that all-inclusive course. I will also be in uh, just outside of New York City outside of JFK, and I'll also be teaching my course there as well as San Diego, Orlando, uh, Dallas. I can't remember where all, the, but they're all coming in the fall or the early spring. So uh, there's plenty of opportunity for you there. But that's all the time we have today, and I would like to especially thank everyone for listening today. Please visit my website. We're going to have a brand new website for the radio show coming in about 10 days or so, or actually it might even be there by the time you get there. It is borntobebreastfed.com. If you're interested in no, no, no. Yes, 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 it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Born to be breastfed is for the radio show. If you're interested in the professional continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes haha, in your city. Again, feel free to visit us at either site. Born to be breastfed if you are a mother, uh, breastfeedingoutlook.com if you're a professional. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 